in Kansas City, men's and women's. I'll be going back and forth between both. And uh, the man who was uh, presided over the Big 12 men's tournament and uh, men's basketball as a whole for many, many years in the Big 12, John Underwood, and my longtime friend from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, is joining us now. And, uh, John, it is... uh, it's been a uh, it's been a wild uh, couple of years. Was there part of you? Now John stepped away, uh, finally re- retired, and uh, they still miss him. Have tried to get him to consult and all that kind of thing. When when all this pandemic craziness was happening and they called off that tournament, John was there. Were you pretty happy you had uh, you had decided to walk away? You know, Matt. Uh, <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, Hi. I've thought I've thought about it many times, and uh, it was the right time for me. And you're correct; the last three years have been uh, been a, a wild ride. Congratulations to the Baylor Bears men's and women's basketball programs, and to Scott Drew for being Coach of the Year. Uh, I haven't seen the results of the women's, but I'm sure your coach would probably be Coach of the Year also. Well, it's uh, it's been a really uh, uh, great year for both of those, and it's fun to think about all these years, the Big 12 uh, tournament. Now, John, for people that don't know, you go back to the SWC tournament and uh, played for Shelby Metcalf. You are an Aggie, and uh, and then you saw those Aggies decide to leave us, and that had to be a, a really uh, interesting moment for you, especially being uh, – uh, you know, a executive in the Big 12 at the time. Those SWC tournaments, John, were uh, you coached in them, you played in them. Those were knockdown, drag out affairs. Now we shut down the Irwin Center, as you well know, the other night. But I guess no, it's, in, it, it, it's interesting, <laughs> Matt. Talk, talking yeah. about the Irwin Center. Yeah, uh, I I was the head coach at Navarre Junior College, and uh, I went to Oklahoma as an assistant in 1976 and the year before texas had opened up the lloyd noble center in 75 and we played at gregory gym in 76 and then the oklahoma sooners went back to texas and opened up the frank Irwin center in 77 you know so we played texas back to back when we were at oklahoma but i didn't mean to interrupt you but i wanted to tell you about that yeah that's fascinating. What did you think of the uh, – and you've obviously been to some of those boys and girls state championships over the years that were played at the drum. Was that a uh, mesmerizing – the first time you stepped in there, what were your initial thoughts of the Frank Irwin Center? You know, big, 16,000 seats. Uh, you know, it was special at the time, but now these arenas uh, seem to be built – uh, with smaller attendance opportunities just to create an atmosphere where fans are right on top of you. Both Lloyd Noble and the Frank Irwin Center, really the fans were away from you. They weren't on top of you like Barnhill uh, at uh, Arkansas or Allen Fieldhouse. You know, we talk about great arenas. Uh, Ahern Fieldhouse at Kansas State was as good a place and hard a place to play as any place we played when we were in the Big Eight. 
Well, the, some of these schools are going back, as you said, to smaller venues. Baylor's going to do that. 7,500 seats will be in that new Foster Pavilion. And it's, isn't it funny that, I mean, your alma mater uh, puts in Reed Arena. They're already talking about a new, uh, a new place, and it just felt cavernous. Uh, it, it, you know, when you compared it to G. Riley White and the Holler House on the Brazos, as it was called all those years ago. So I find it interesting, John, that we're, uh, we're, we're, we're you know, it's, it's just funny how the pendulum swings and we're sort of trying to go back to the way it was 25 or 30 years ago. Far cry from the heart of Texas Coliseum to the Ferrell <laughs> Center to the new facility that they will be building at Baylor. Fun times. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. John Underwood, Associate Men's Commissioner of the Big 12, former. He's retired now, still keeps up with it, watches it all. What was uh, what, what, what was your first Big 12 men's tournament? You you came over, you'd been with that visitor's uh, bureau there at Dallas. You'd been a longtime uh, uh, coach, administrator there at, at Oklahoma, as we talked about. But you, you take that job. What was the um, – I, I, I just assume Kansas probably won it that first you were, you were there. They, they won it a lot of years. You know what was interesting? 2002-03 was my first year at mm-hmm. the Big 12. And Kansas and Texas both went to the Final Four. And I thought, boy, this job is going to be something. We're going to have a team <laughs> in the Final Four every year. It's, uh, it's a great uh, honor for teams to be able to go. And just think about Baylor winning the national championship – they had as good a chance to win the previous year. And here they are, you know, a projected number one seed. Uh, but uh, the Big 12 tournament, we've had it at uh, Reunion Arena a couple of years. We've had it at Oklahoma City. We've had it in Kansas City. And each time, I'm always amazed at the attendance. It'll be interesting to see what the attendance will be this year. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the, the the teams. There's no bad team. Even for Oklahoma State, they can't be there obviously because of the probation. But they they're a good team. I mean, last year Iowa State didn't win a game the whole year. I mean, we never see something like that. And K State was down. Uh, both those teams have bounced back this year. I think this could be as competitive a tournament as we've seen in a while. Why 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 did um, the tournament just kind of decide, though. You said it. I know it's been at different places. I selfishly liked it when it was in the Dallas area. Why did it? Did y'all decide to pretty much always keep it in Kansas City? Was that out of deference to those schools from that region? I know sometimes people thought that too much the conference was, you know, based out of the Dallas area, so everything was kind of in Texas. What was the? What or was it just a great, great, you know, venue and place to have it? You know, uh, one of the things, anytime a championship is uh, determined, it, it's determined by our ADs and our presidents. And I think there was a general feeling that Kansas City embraced uh, our tournament. The women's tournament is a municipal auditorium, which is not as good a facility, but it's, you know, within walking distance of uh, the T-Mobile Center now. Uh, and proximity to a lot of the schools in the north because Kansas State historically and Iowa State travel. I mean, Iowa State, when they won the championship, I-35 South, Hilton Coliseum just moved to Kansas City, much like uh, Barn Hill 
moved to uh, Reunion Arena in Arkansas. They just continue to come, and they were always sold out. So it'll be good. This is the the most balanced I think our league has been since I've been closely monitoring it since 2002. Kansas State's lost seven games by five points or less. They've been in almost every game, and yet they're playing in the eight-nine game. And I, I would not—I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. You know, I think they got a raw deal from the NCAA, and for him to keep his team together and play, uh, they're going to be a factor uh, in the future, like they always have been. And you know, now the eight-nine—the eight-nine game is K-State and West Virginia. I mean, whomever would have thought that? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting and quite on. I mean, think back to those SWC tournaments. One year, A and M won the whole thing, didn't it? When they were uh, like the ninth seed, seed or they the sixth six seed. seed. Yeah, and um, and then I remember Baylor got to a couple of championship games, got beat by SMU one of those years, and they, I think they had Cato and Butch and. Longino, Carlton, I mean, those were some, those were some great teams. All, I mean, the the Big Twelve, uh, the SWC tournament from my childhood, from about nineteen eighty to about eighty five or eighty six, was just unreal. And I guess that that is over the time when Sutton was at Arkansas, and then Nolan came in, and Nolan and uh, Penders couldn't stand each other and that led to even more fun and uh, that that was uh, those were some those were some great days uh, uh, and uh, now what were you doing is that when you were at OU I'm just trying to think during those SWC From 80 tournaments. To 87, I was coaching at uh, SMU and then in 88 uh, uh-huh. or 87 the year the spring of 87 I went uh, and joined Donnie Duncan as yeah. assistant athletic director at Oklahoma and, you know, that first year, uh, Oklahoma played Kansas in the 50th uh, Final Four in Kansas City, Danny Manning. You know, oh my great, gosh. great years. Kelvin Sampson yeah. was our coach at Oklahoma. We had a great run there. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stacey King, I mean, I think back to some of those, uh, the, the, you know, Mookie. I, I go back to some of those OU teams that were uh, unbelievable. Uh, what did Grant. you th- – oh, Harvey was un- – yeah, Harvey was, was great as well. What did you um, think of uh, when Baylor decided to uh, to hire Scott Drew? Would have been close to about the time you arrived. At, well, about right at the time they hired him in two thousand three, after the whole Baylor scandal that we all mo- know too much about. Uh, and and Scott's hired young guy. I'm sure you had crossed paths with Homer Drew. What was your initial talking to John Underwood, longtime associate commissioner uh, for men's basketball, the Big Twelve? What were your initial feelings about Scott Drew and that hire? You know, I really didn't know Scott. I knew his dad. I had great respect for Coach Drew Homer uh, and the success that they had at Balpo. Uh, you know. Scott took a situation that was at the lowest of low and what he's done uh, in his tenure there, he's taken it to the highest of high. I watched him grow as a coach. Uh, We've laughed many times some of the things that he's done along the way. He probably says, boy, I wish I'd have done them differently. You know, those coaches' meetings in the spring really got interesting with Coach Knight. Uh, (laughs) but, But what he's done, I was telling somebody today, Matt, I was talking to Seth Greenberg, and I, one of the great things that I think Scott has done in the last six years, you look at all the transfers that he's taken, 
when they redshirted to take that extra year to learn the system, get acclimated to the academic situation at Baylor, and how well they performed. And now we're involved with the portable. He's done it as well as anyone in the country. And those kids all love Baylor University. Uh, and they excelled at the highest level. And this year it will be fun to watch them in the Big 12 tournament. You know, there's always been in the Big 12 tournament, uh, it, it's three days of just back-to-back absolute hand-to-hand wars. And a lot of times I've seen disappointment when a team gets beat, but relief because they were going to be able to go home and get a couple of days rest. You know, we used to finish that championship on Sunday, and yeah. it would just dovetail right into the selection show. And you think about the teams that won. They get picked on Sunday night. They travel home, and then some of them are turning around and traveling on Tuesday to play if they get selected for a Thursday-Saturday site. Yeah. So when we moved it to Saturday, uh, ESPN didn't want us to do it. They wanted us to remain on Sunday. But our, our coaches have really benefited from that because they've gotten a they can get home on Sunday. They can watch the selection show. They can start get prepared for the opponents they're going to play. And a lot of these times, you know, it's a completely different uh, a scout because they're playing everybody in a double round robin knows everything that each team does every day, yeah. every minute. So it's good to go out and play some different opponents. Yeah, I think that's uh, right, and and I, I think it's interesting, Scott. I mean, it's not like they've tried not to win this thing, but you're totally right. When they lose, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but a couple of times, you know, they've used good tournament runs, like getting to the championship game of the Big 12, to ignite them, and they carry that momentum right into the tournament. And I think that's uh, something uh, that's great. Yeah, well, listen, it's all – Yeah, go ahead. You can look at let, Let's say – the teams that do go to the championship round uh, and play in the finals, they always prefer to play on Friday, Sunday instead of Thursday, Saturday. And it's just to get those couple of extra days rest and preparation for their upcoming opponents. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And uh, we'll see. I'm hoping the Bears uh, will end up in that Fort Worth uh, area, that Fort Worth venue, Dickies, I guess it is. And maybe I'll get to get to see you over there. I know I can see you at Tupanamba, one of our favorite Tex-Mex places that we have in common. And uh, I love your connection. You married into uh, Elkhart royalty. Uh, you had some Elkhart Elks ties. And, you know, my dad played at Elkhart, so it's funny. I uh, always love running into you and your wife and, and catching up a little bit on some uh, some of my Elkhart East Texas history. What is your go-to Order at Tupanamba, by the way, John. What do you uh, What do you usually go with? You know, sour cream enchiladas are hard to beat. You know, you're talking about <laughs> Elkhart. My my father in law was Jimmy Parks, and and he was a three sport letterman at Baylor in the 30s, uh, and he coached Adrian Burke, who's in the Baylor Hall of Fame, and one of few quarterbacks that have thrown seven touchdown passes. Uh, in an NFL game, he played for him at Kilgore Junior College, and they went to the first Junior College Rose Bowl. And when I was dating my wife, Coach Parks always talked about how he saved uh, Frank Broyles' job when he was an assistant at Baylor by taking him Adrian Burke. So, you know, I'd 
thought he was just embellishing a story like all of us old coaches can do. And when I can't, went to SMU, we played Arkansas, and I went up to him. And I wanted to introduce myself, and I told him my father-in-law wanted to be sure and tell him hello. And he said, who's your father-in-law? And I said, Jimmy Parks. He said, saved our job at Baylor, brought us Adrian Burke. Well, fast forward, <laughs> when I was working for the Convention and Visitors Bureau, they honor Adrian Burke in uh, Tyler. And I cut out the article, and I sent it to Coach Brawls. And about five days later, he called me, and he said, I really appreciate you sending me that article. This was before texting and emailing. And so I just reiterated, I said, you know, I always thought Coach Parks embellished that story. And uh, he said, well, Johnny, uh, there's more to that story. And I said, what do you mean? He said, Jimmy, uh, Adrian Burke didn't come to Baylor initially. He went to TCU. I said, really? He said, he left TCU during two days and went to Kilgore, Texas, to tell his coach that he was not going to go back to TCU, that he was going to go to Baylor. And Coach Parks tried to talk him out of it. He said, no, I want to go join three of my teammates. And said, well, he did bring He said, well, Johnny, there's more to the story. He drove Adrian Burke from Kilgore, and he's during two-a-days at Kilgore College. And then from Waco, he went to Fort Worth and got everything out of the dorm for Adrian Burke and drove it back to Waco. So he literally brought Adrian Burke to Waco, Texas. Unbelievable! Yeah. yeah, I I just I was I was just and looked he's up from something. Elkhart originally, yeah, and yeah. And the part Dwight Parks, who was the leading scorer uh, at Baylor in the late forties. That's unbelievable. The Parks brothers, uh, I mean, were one of them was a war hero. I mean, my gosh, they're just uh, legends uh, in that part of the world. So it's fun to fun to talk to you, John, and catch up. And uh, I'll uh, I'll be your eyes and ears in Kansas City, and then hopefully we'll get to see each other soon. Well, the Big Twelve will be a great race, great teams, and hopefully we can manage six or seven teams getting into the NCAA tournament in March Madness is when it, the fun starts. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Appreciate it, John. I'll see you soon. Matt, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for having me. You bet. It was great. There he goes, uh, John Underwood, the uh, the assistant. Uh, he was the associate Big Twelve commissioner for men's basketball for a lot of years. Got some great stories, and uh, always enjoy my visits with uh, with John Underwood, who's uh, been a uh, neighbor and a friend for a long, long time. All right, it is uh, time to continue, and it will be Campus Confidential. What does Mr. Sexton have in store for us? That's next. Baylor Baseball, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears stay on the road, headed to Abilene Wednesday to play Abilene Christian. 5.45 for the warm-up show, 6 p.m. first pitch, Wednesday versus ACU. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. 